You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. This is a non-sexual murder. Yeah. This is three fur trappers back in the 20s in Oregon. Oh, man, good times. Oh, when fur trapping was a real man's sport. Oh, sport nothing, my man. That was a lifestyle. <laughs> okay, so maybe it can be considered sexual, but still. <laughs> Small group of men go up in the woods for months on end. Mm. You know they got needs. Besides just catching the furs. Hey, furries are still around to this day. So obviously, obviously they're a little different now. But you know. Yes, I'd say so. Oh, nobody Google that. Oh man. What a what. I hope nobody got that. That's terrible. Yeah, that's. It's like there's two things you never Google: furries and fake taxi. Just don't don't fake Google taxi. it. <laughs> don't Google it. Oh, dear. Uh, you should Google the Foreign Affair podcast. Although I don't know why you would, because you're already listening to it, so you've already clearly found it. So I've never Google it before. I need I need to Google it and just see what pops up. You know what? Hopefully live. Not. We'll do it live. We'll do we'll it live. Now, technically, I am not Googling it. I am DuckDuckGoing it because DuckDuckGo is my search provider and not well, Google. I'm actually Googling it. Foreign. Oh, my God. ESPN debuts new weekday radio lineup. Hello. Wow. Is that us? Um, <laughs> so the very first link on DuckDuckGo is when I typed in the A Foreign Affair podcast. Uh, it comes up with the AFA podcast. Australian Foreign Affairs. Uh, the AFA podcast is a new audio offering from the publisher of Australian Foreign Affairs, Quarterly Essay, The Monthly, and The Saturday Paper. Hosted by Jonathan Perlman. Oh, man, that's a very yeah. different... That's a very, very different podcast. So with mine, it's got a thing um, called podcast, and we're like the second one on there. Oh, okay. That's actually pretty cool. From our post two weeks ago. Let me see. Let me actually go to Google and do this because I'm curious to see it. The, uh, fair this is, this is... Um, oh, yeah. There we are. I'm tired. <laughs> yep. Same. Oh, this one's Same. called Foreign Affairs Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number 42, Protect Black Women. Hey. This episode, well, the lads, the lads, hey, they stole our jargon. The lads discuss understanding responsibilities of protecting black women in society. Other topics include Claire 419er and the Angeltown broadcast, the evolution of picnic dates, 
and T's and T's struggles with the Viper Wing Challenge. Um, now that said, when I hit images under Google, we are the very first image. Oh my God. That's so great. Which speaking of that image, I seriously need a new image. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We have old Wes there. We need to we need to just Photoshop. And All like I can say is down. that picture is not helping my pussy game. <laughs> oh man. Oh, we're well, those fans quite... down there and they're I mean, dude, I know that podcasters are getting mm. mad chicks. Absolutely. And they go on there and they're like, oh my god. Uh, we love this Liverpool talk, and when he just makes horribly inappropriate comments, let's see. Like, oh, never mind. He's not that hot. And it's like, wait a minute. No, I'm much hotter than that picture. I promise. <laughs> oh, the it entire is... point of doing this was to get chicks. Exactly. I'm ultra sexy. It was definitely uh... not to make money. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Definitely uh... not to make money, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Um, so, everybody, welcome to the Foreign Affair Podcast, where we do it for the chicks. Not to make money. Um, I am Edward Green. Joined as always by McCallin Crime West Bradshaw. Uh, big episode today. We're going to be doing uh, a quick wrap up of the biggest tournament final ever Shield Community tournament game ever uh, that happened this past Saturday. Um, Twenty twenty FA Community Shield took place. We'll go over that. Uh, a lot of transfer news to go on. Um, plenty, plenty to talk about there. Um, I mean, obviously the messy story is still huge, but there was quite a few other things that happened as well. Um, so we'll get to all of that. Um, and uh, I think we'll save it for the end. We'll see how much time we're like, what time it is. We'll uh, we'll do grades then uh, if we uh, if we want to do that. So we'll just each pick a couple teams and we'll give them grades based on the 2019-2020 season. Um, and of course, we'll have the watch for at the end as always podcast presented by ngsc sports at ngscsports.com we never stop um and the trophies never stop arsenal they've played two matches in the span of like three months and they've won them both and they got two trophies for it the mikel arteta has brought them back from the wilderness it's it's all uphill for arsenal now he's won the biggest trophies there are to win the fa cup as they win the community shield 1-1 against liverpool 5-4 on penalties um obama yang who's currently still on arsenal uh scored in the 12th minute that got arsenal out in front uh but it was a late goal by takumi minamino i believe maybe his first goal for liverpool i'm probably wrong oh okay cool i was right all right, Minamino's first gives Liverpool the 1-1 equalizer at 73 minutes, and then it heads straight to penalties, where unfortunately, the youngster, who I had just, I believe, read an article about either that morning or a day ago on The Athletic when it was the Rian Brewster conundrum, what do we do with him, comes on in the 92nd minute, I would imagine specifically for the penalty shootout, and yeah. is the only player out of 10 to miss his penalty, taking it off the crossbar. And unfortunately, Liverpool loses on penalties 5-4. Um, Wes, obviously, I'm sure deep, deep, deep disappointment to, to come out of the first try for a, uh, a trophy this year and fail. However, that was also how last year started. If memory serves right, losing the... No, you guys won the Super Cup. You guys won the Super well, we Cup. We won the Super Cup. We lost the Community Shield one-to-one on penalties. 
Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So rest easy, Liverpool fans. This year is going to be great. Are you serious? Clop out. Yeah, yeah. Oh. FSG out. Jesus. They obviously don't care about winning. Of course. By the way, this shit is once again popping up online. So. Wait, is it really? Yes, the FSG out because obviously they don't care enough to put any money into the team this year. Oh, no. Because, you know, oh. just because there's a massive worldwide pandemic and we're losing money hand over fist doesn't mean that you shouldn't go out and spend money that you don't have. Absolutely. Hello. Bye, everybody. Why do we not have Killian Mbappe yet? I mean, if Liverpool wants to repeat, that's obviously what they have to do. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, I almost wonder sometimes if it's an actual base of Liverpool fans or mm-hmm. if it's like, I mean, the internet's just so full of trolls. I just oh, wonder how they ever just trolls. How many no, ever just think... United fans have nothing better to do with their lives? No, I'm. I think there is, and I'm going through this right now. A very similar thing. There's uh, a group of very loud, very shitty people on the internet who like to bitch about everything and anything as soon as something goes wrong. Extreme like it, vocal it, minority does not matter. So yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Oh, dear but, Jesus. but, but yeah, hey, nobody I'm, died in this match, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, you know, really for me, hell, nobody got hurt, so that's all I asked for. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I read, and I was actually going to bring this up later, and I'll, I'll, I'll pimp this a little more when we get to our pimping of the athletic. Um, <laughs> but there, they, there was an article about, you know, should the Community Shield count as a trophy? What's, what's really the importance of it? And there's a lot of people go, oh, it's such an important thing. It's an important match. It's it's not an exhibition that's just flying in the face. And I'm like, no, it's it's an exhibition in the however much lead up time there is once both participants are known up to when they take the pitch. And it's an exhibition after the final whistle blows and the trophy's been presented. Between them, it's between those time periods, it's not an right. exhibition. It's actually a very important and match that teams are trying to win outside of that like 90 ish 115 minutes it's it's an exhibition it's it's 100 it's a it's a nice warm-up match to go into the premier league season against a premier league team that's that's literally all it is and well, um, i mean of course pro athletes i mean competitors which these guys are competitors i mean once you're between the lines Oh, yeah. You're certainly not going, you know, nobody for Liverpool or Arsenal was going 70% in that match just because, oh, it doesn't matter. No, I mean, every time you step on the field, it's like it's ingrained in professional athletes. I mean, maybe Irvin Gareth Bale at this point. But, um, (laughs) I mean, it's ingrained in professional athletes to go out and, you know, I'm here, I'm going to try to win. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you might not go blood for thunder in the community. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like you would maybe in the Champions League semifinal. But, um, yeah. you know, I mean, you're out there to win. You're going to play hard. Yeah. Um, that said, after it was over, let's just put it this way. I don't think anyone from Liverpool um, three days later was just holding their head in their hands going, God, how, how do we do that? We lost the community shield. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone from Arsenal three days later was still partying and pouring down drinks. Oh, we <laughs> it's kind of like okay cool yeah you know i think for the arsenal it's kind of like all right cool 
hey, this is good. And, you know, really, I think it's a much bigger deal for Arsenal to win it than yeah. for Liverpool to lose it. And um, I'd agree. Not saying anything, not sliding Arsenal by any means, but, you know, this mm-hmm. is Arsenal who Mikel Arteta is trying to change the culture mm-hmm. and bring back the winning attitude. Mm-hmm. So for him, this is very important to win, where Klopp has gotten that winning attitude and brought that culture to Liverpool. And now, mm-hmm. yeah, they step on the field, they expect to win, and they're not happy when they lose. But at the end of the day, you know, Liverpool realize, all right, you know, there's a lot bigger fish out there for us to fry this season. Um, Certainly. You know, legitimately, chance to defend the Champions League trophy. Um, you know, they're going to want to get themselves back in the conversation for the, for the Champions League. Um, and you never know if things fall their way. Hey, maybe, maybe you make a run into domestic cup. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for, but for Arsenal, I think this was big because, you know, Arteta can now point and say, well, you know, I've played Liverpool twice, I'll beat Liverpool twice. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, when you, when you kind of dig below the surface a little bit, you're like, okay, Liverpool were on the beach when you beat them in the league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you beat them in a penalty shootout, which penalty shootout, it doesn't matter how good you are or how crap you are. It's a penalty shootout. Yeah. It's, it's a complete crap. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think anyway, where Marshall Arsenal were, to me, they were very deserving to get it to that point. They came out, they played well. Aubameyang is fantastic, as we know. Uh, they played better at the bat than they played in a while. Um, we'll see how that sticks around. Uh, they've got the two new center backs, and apparently a bid has been placed for their um, ultra posh left back. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, for Arsenal, good on Arsenal. That's a good win for them. That's a nice springboard for them. For Liverpool, it's like, uh, okay. One more focus on leads anyway. So. <laughs> yep, big match coming in about a week and a half. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that'll do it for our community shield talk. Um, we'll head straight into news and notes now uh, and talk transfers. A quick update on one from last week that did go official: uh, Weston McKinney is joining Juventus. Uh, he's going on loan with obligation to buy from Schalke and Fear for, uh, according to Bleacher Reports, thirty-five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, big, big. Again, as we said last week, this is big for Weston McKinney. Hopefully he takes full advantage of it and uh, can use that as a springboard at Juventus. That is that is phenomenal. Um, but, but a lot of Premier League moves. Uh, I think we mentioned this one last week, uh, but it is official. Uh, Thiago Silva is joining Chelsea. Um, he is coming over from PSG um, at 35 years old. Uh, a couple other big ones. Tottenham get Matt Doherty from Wolves. Um, he's coming in as an attacking fullback, most likely looking to replace Serge Aurier. For just 15 million pounds, uh, looks like it could be a good signing. Uh, as soon as he deleted those uh, pro Arsenal tweets from his old history. Um, speaking of Arsenal, yeah, snip, snip, Mr. Snippy Snip. Uh, Arsenal got uh, Gabriel uh, coming in as Mess mentioned, one of the new uh, center backs. Yeah, Gabrielle. Gabrielle, excuse. I'm, I'm my mother is shaking her head at my pronunciation right now. Exactly. Uh, you don't say. You don't say hi, Gabriel. Gabriel. That's a, Gabriel. That's how, that's how we say it here in all Eastern North Carolina. Hi, Gabriel. No, when you're when Gabriel. you're Brazilian coming from France to Paris, you say Gabriel. <laughs> um, uh, 
uh, James is coming over from Real Madrid to Everton. We touched on that next last week. That yeah, is officially he's Everton. He's Jimmy. Yes, he is. Um, Man United made maybe the biggest splash so far uh, of this past week since Messi hasn't gone through yet. Donny Vandebeek coming over from Ajax. Uh, we'll be joining uh, Ed Woodward's side of Manchester United for 39 million euros. And lastly, and I'll wrap up here, and then I'll let you uh, get into this because I know this is your favorite stuff, Wes. Um, this was a bit of a surprising one, and and no disrespect to the man, but this, this was not something I expected to see, although who knows at Barcelona anymore. Uh, Gigi Wijnaldum has agreed to Barcelona's terms and could be leaving for a, a about a 20 million pound fee um, and heading over to the Spanish side, which is in <laughs> a bit of a rebuild mode. So Ronald Koeman's got his man. It's Gigi Wijnaldum. The Dutch are teaming back up. Um, so yeah, that's that's the, the smattering of them. And uh, Wes, uh, I'm, I'm all ears now for your thoughts. Uh, just to start with my album, since we're on that one. Um, sure. This is one that has kind of been rumbling under the surface for about, well, I would say six months, but, you know, let's just say since the turn of the year. Um, mm-hmm. And album's going into the final year of his contract. Um, apparently Liverpool have offered him a new contract, but it's not the, it's not the terms he really wants. Um, you know, everything in a contract, it comes down to two things, uh, time and, and value on it. And I don't think they want to quite give him the time for the money that he, he's looking. Um, so it, it had kind of been out there, what, do, what does Liverpool do with Vinaldum? Because we, we kind of felt burned from the whole um, – Emery Chan deal a few years ago where he left on a free and went to Juventus and you know basically we got another back one. So this had kind of been bubbling under the surface. If we got a if we got an offer that we you know thought was fair for Genie, then it might be, you know, it might just be the thing to do at the moment. And as soon as Ronald Koeman came into Barcelona, that immediately kind of piqued interest. Because, of course, Ronald Koeman is coming from being the manager of the Dutch national team. Yes. Um, and if you watch any of the Dutch national team matches, Jimmy Wijnaldum plays a completely different style and position for the Dutch national team that he does for Liverpool. He's an attacking midfielder for the Dutch and a pretty damn good one. Uh, if you remember Vinaldum before he came to Liverpool, he made his he made his name at uh, Newcastle and before that PSV as an attacking midfielder as more of a number ten. Um, it's just when he came into Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp saw that with the way that Liverpool played, he he had a job that Vinaldum could do, and give it up to Jimmy, he has absolutely excelled at it. I mean, Jimmy Vinaldum is kind of that metronome linchpin of this Liverpool team that if he does indeed leave, it's going to be an adjustment because you've seen before when Vinaldum doesn't play, it's different. It's definitely not the same Liverpool team. It's just, it's a lot like with Jordan Henderson not playing right now. We're not quite the same club. Um, so, you know, just that's definitely something, something for us to keep our eye on going forward. Um, 
But it does look like it does look like this is going to be a move that's made. I don't think Liverpool are going to stand in his way as long as Barcelona will give us the fee. Um, I expect, you know, you hear so much in and out, but I, I almost expect that if it does go through, we turn that money right around and it goes into Tiago. Um, but that said, I'm I'm not Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> Um, and I never know what Jurgen Klopp and Michael Edwards are thinking. I don't know what they've got in their back pocket ready to go. Um, but you do just feel if Liverpool do move on by now, then there's got to be something coming in for them. It's one thing to lose Adam Alana and replace him with Curtis Jones. If you lose by now, then it, it almost seems like there needs to be a really good player coming in to take his place. So, um, that's kind of my thought on my now. I think I do think with Barcelona, with Barcelona right now with Ronald Koeman, I think my now to Barcelona is a really good fit because Koeman knows how to get really good performances out of Genie by now. So, uh, uh, definitely, definitely, definitely will wish my now well. Um, if he does leave, he won't leave. I don't think he'll leave under any, any sort of a dark cloud with Liverpool fans. Um, of course, we'll always remember um, the greatest night ever at Anfield where he absolutely destroyed Barcelona. So <laughs> whatever happens in the future, he's already gotten his pound of Barcelona flesh. So, um, and speaking of another Dutchman, uh, Donny van der Beek, um, <clears throat> heading to Manchester United. Van der Beek, I think it's a good signing as in, I think he's a really good player. It they have a like lot of attacking midfielders now. Yeah, it sounds like they got a pretty good fee on him. The only thing I'm kind of thinking is, you know, how do you play him? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, because your two, I guess, hallmark players on that team right now are Pogba and Bruno Fernandes, who mm-hmm. play the same position, basically have hand to beat plays. <laughs> Uh, you know, there was already talk. Of, you know, there was already some talk early of, well, I mean, how do you play? Uh, how do you play Pogba and Fernandez together? Well, they figured that out pretty well. Give it to them. Um, now Van de Beek coming in. I, mean, I don't. I don't think Donny Van de Beek came to Manchester United to sit on the bench. Uh, yeah. Um, now that said, you know they could change around some formations. Uh, as I heard someone say today, you know maybe play a diamond. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which you can put him in there. And they also point out, you know, Pogba, when he played the diamond, Pogba's probably been the best form of his life when they played the, when he's played in a diamond before. Mm. That said, if you play a diamond, then you only play two up front, which mm-hmm. means out of that attacking group, your Rashford, your Greenwood, um, your Daniel James, that group, somebody comes back. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, if Jaden Sancho is the end game here, if you play a diamond, Jaden Sancho doesn't really have anywhere to play because he's not a he's not a middle guy. He's a wide man. He's a wide forward. Mm-hmm. And basically, if you play a diamond, you take away those wide wingers, and that's what your your attacking midfielders on the left and right bring that, and then your fullbacks bring the width. So <clears throat> it'll be interesting, but. I'm not going to say anything bad about the signing for United because 
what did we see by the end of the year? United need depth. Yeah, I mean, Pamba's not Pamba's not exactly the you know hallmark of health. I mean, now now some of it I think comes down to Pogba being pissed off at everything, but you know, Pogba Pogba misses his own matches. Mm-hmm. Pogba misses his fair share of matches. So um, I think they'll find somewhere to play Van de Beek. I think he's a good player. We'll see if he comes in and uh, sits uh, for for him. For Vandeveek personally, I kind of wonder how he feels because, you know, this is a guy who was earmarked for Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. And the word that I see in here is if it wasn't for this pandemic, there was, there was, a, there was an agreement in place for him to sign with Madrid after the season was over. But then once the pandemic came in, you know, you haven't seen Real Madrid make any moves this summer. And mm-hmm. – there's a good chance they're not going to make any big moves this summer. They they've said they're not going to. You know, usually if Madrid wants to make a big move, everybody knows it. They put it out there. So, you know, I think this pandemic has hit Madrid pretty tough on the season, and that's pretty much why Van de Beek didn't end up at Real Madrid. So, um, and then Barcelona, obviously, we're coming coming in. <laughs> He's Dutch. I love him. He's Dutch. He's Dutch. Um, yeah, he want he. He thought a snip of him, but uh, there's so much going on at Barcelona right now. I don't think that was the move for them to make. Um, so that didn't really come to much. Uh, but United ended up in a good spot for him. Um, also, uh, United didn't United didn't sign anybody else. That was it so far for them. Uh, I think so. It's Chelsea who's signing everybody. Yes, yes it is. Uh, Chelsea have now signed Ben Chilwell. I missed that one, but yes, I do remember hearing that that was a possibility. Yes. Uh, I mean, I'm, it's a done deal, I believe. Um, Fifty million. I'm, I'm looking. Okay, yeah. I just it wasn't on this first page of uh, of transfers. So I right. thought it had uh, it gotten passed, but yes, that absolutely yep. has been done. So uh, for them, that's a that's a big spot because that's um, you know that's that's a great young English defender. Um, you know he's he plays left back, which you know, they they played some young guys there last year with differing success. But with Chelsea, we knew they needed to get away from the Aspilicueta style players back there. They wanted to they wanted to change things up and Chilwell's about as good a left back as you're gonna get on the market right now. Um you could argue he's the second best left back in the Premier League. I mean I'm I mean you can argue Andy Robertson's the best left back in the world. So I'm I'm gonna say he's the best in the Premier League, but I mean Ben Chilwell and Chilwell's also about four or five years younger than Robbo. I mean Ben Chilwell that that's a hell of a signing. And on top of it, he's British, so that gives you a homegrown player as well. Yeah. So that's a big move for Chelsea. And they got him. Uh, so that adds to Zayek, Timo Werner, Silva, Chilwell. Um, it's looking very likely that they're going to get Kai Havertz. Um, that seems like they're just kind of finishing up, um, you know, agree on this, dot this I, cross this T. I think Havertz is going to happen pretty soon. I seem like they had somebody else. Uh, maybe they, real quick. Maybe that was it for Chelsea. <laughs> oh, maybe that was it. 
That's it. <laughs> For the moment, I mean, don't put other Chelsea won't go get somebody else at this yeah. point. Um, but Chelsea are Chelsea are out there. They're slinging the cash. There's a good article on the um, on the Athletic about you know, wait a minute, how the hell are Chelsea able to spend all this money? Um, <laughs> part of part of it is they went they just went two straight windows without being able to buy anybody. Well, a yeah. without buying, without being able to buy and then without buying anybody. Mm-hmm. So they had cash stored. Um, I mean, was this basically the um, the Ed Hazard? Yeah, this is the Ed Hazard cash, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. and on top of it, I mean, Abramovich, if Abramovich wants to put his money in, he can put it in. And he's got mm-hmm. plenty of it. I think Abramovich was just named like the 19th richest man in the world or something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not like it's not like he's playing a poor man's game by any means. Um, so Chelsea are really, really putting in money this year, which I don't have a big issue with it. Um, they've got the money. It's uh, and Chelsea are they're taking advantage of, and not I'm not going to say they're not taking advantage in a bad way by any means, but they're taking advantage of the circumstance right now, which is a lot of these guys might have ended up somewhere else if not for the pandemic. I mean, Timo Werner was earmarked on the way to Liverpool. I think without the pandemic, Timo Werner is now in the rotation at Liverpool. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, you know, for Kai Havertz, who they're about to get, it looks like uh, Leverkusen were hoping to spark a bidding war between maybe three or four clubs. Well, unfortunately, you know, Real Madrid doesn't have money all of a sudden to do anything. Barcelona's in disarray, as we've talked about. Uh, Bayern have decided that that's not where they want to spend their money. So basically now it's just, you know, Chelsea's the only team in for Kai Havertz. You know, Liverpool aren't in for Havertz at this point. Um, it's basically Chelsea. Um, and, and with Chilwell, I think Chilwell, a lot of people had always looked at Arsenal, or at Arsenal, God, Jesus, at Chelsea is maybe a, a, a turning up point for Chilwell. But even with, you know, Manchester City, I think we're a team who have been co- connected with them some. City obviously have other issues going on right now in the transfer market. Um, but I think for Chelsea, things are just working out really well for Chelsea right now uh, when it yeah. comes to the transfers. So, um, yeah, yeah. Good, good on, good on Chelsea. Go do your thing. Um, quick look at Man City. Uh, City have made a few kind of smaller signings thus far. Uh, there are, there's, there's another big one sitting out there, and then there's the earth-shattering one sitting out there. If it happens, uh, let's start with the big one. Um, basically, Napoli has said, "Come and get him." With um, oh, the center back, who it's Koulibaly. Yeah, they basically say, "Come and get him." You know, let's make a deal. Mm-hmm. We're we're willing to move him. You know, age wise, money wise, it's time for us to cash in on him. That looks like that's going to get done. That looks like it's going to get done. Uh, so Koulibaly will immediately step in. And I'd say on paper, Koulibaly and Laporte, that too looks pretty damn strong. That looks strong. That was very strong. 
when uh, we when we look, when we were talking about uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was when Nathan Ake signed with them, and we were like, well, that's not exactly the answer, the great the permanent answer for a city and center back if they get somebody else. He's a nice squad rotation guy, and now if they get Koulibaly, that's exactly what it'll be. Right, right. I don't think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be that anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but um. Uh, so Koulibaly, Koulibaly, who should have been like their marquee summer signing, <laughs> could be has basically for the last week now been this. Oh yeah, we could get Koulibaly, right? Sure, whatever. <laughs> anyway, right, the one that the one that matters the most of them all. Um, yeah, Matty Cash to Aston Villa for fourteen million. <laughs> of course. Yeah. No, uh, Leo Messi is out there. Um, uh, just the latest update we have on that today, his father, um, Jorge Messi. <sighs> apparently, God. Yeah, just hearing more and more things about the money that goes between all this is just, it's like sickening. It is really sickening. It's not um, great. How this business works, apparently. Um, but uh, met with Barcelona today. I don't think they came to any sort of an agreement, but I don't think they also completely shut the door on anything. Messi says he's gone. Wouldn't be the first time he's changed his mind. You know, hmm. Retired internationally. How does that work out for him? So, um, I think it just comes down to Messi. Can he, does he want to stick it out a year knowing that there's going to be big changes? And that mm-hmm. basically Xavi's going to be coming in most likely. Mm-hmm. Does he want to stick it out for that? Does he want to stick it out because, you know, I mean, here's a guy who, hey, in Barcelona, he's the best paid athlete in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and he could probably get a raise out of this if he tries. Yeah. <laughs> He'll probably get a raise because, you know, $70 million a year isn't enough apparently. So, yeah. uh, And that actually is probably underselling what he makes from them a year. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, does he want to stick it out? Uh, his family is extremely comfortable in Barcelona. You know, you're basically trading a, you know, coastal Spanish paradise for Manchester. Oof. <laughs> yeah. you know, do you, do you want to do that? And, and, and not so much for the player, but you know, do you want to take your wife and your children there? <laughs> And be like, okay, this is our life for the next three years. <laughs> it's like, yeah, forget going to the beach in December. <laughs> you, know, uh, you, know, you can go you can go walk down by the river and hope the wind doesn't blow you in there. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just of the, I've got a feeling, if I had to put down a five piece on this thing, mm-hmm. I've just got this feeling that Messi stays in Barcelona. Wow. Okay. And gets another race. And just obviously <laughs> get another race. I think Messi stays. Um, I just and part of it is this whole battle over, you know, does Messi have the right to leave on a free? Yes. That that is such an important factor here. And you know, the thing is, how do you resolve this? Because if you try to go to court with it. How long is that going to take? I mean, as far back behind as everything is right now, I don't think you can just shoehorn this in because, oh, well, it's messy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And as as big, not only a player, but a brand as Messi is, I just think it's, no pun intended, it's a very messy yeah. circumstance, mm-hmm. I think, to try to extract him out of that contract. Mm-hmm. Because it's not as it's not an open as open and shut as you know we just we want to make it out to be or we think it is. God, when you start bringing in those words, oh, I hate hearing this shit. Image rights and yeah. agent fees. Of course, his dad's his agent. My God, the money they paid that man—he's probably better paid than ninety percent of the big time players in the world. He's probably better paid just on his commission he gets off his son. Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, Jesus, God. Excuse me, agent fees. Ridiculous Mm. shit. But there's just so much going on. And, you know, let's put it this way. I think if it was a regular summer, I think that would help grease the the skids a little better too. Mm -hmm. But right now with COVID, everything is so up in the air. Not saying City couldn't afford him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you look at it as Barcelona, something I read today um, about, you know, the money involved in this. I mean, we're not even talking about just fees and that kind of stuff. We're talking about, you know, how much money can Barcelona stand to lose, A, once stadiums are open again. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, they get a big chunk of their revenue from single match tickets which means those people who they go to one or two matches a year. Mm-hmm. You know, those people who, um, you know, they save up for their dream trip to go to the Camp Nou because they want to see Messi. Right. I mean, you're not – I love you, Jeannie. I love yeah. you. People aren't making a pilgrimage to Camp Nou to see Jeannie by now in Barcelona. <laughs> no, they're coming to see – a lot of people are coming to see Lionel Messi. They come. They buy jerseys. Shirts, uh, as as they call them over there, they buy shirts. They buy all this stuff. You know, your season ticket people, they don't buy a shirt every time they come in the stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't buy uh, they don't buy merchandise and stuff every time they come in. Now, if you and I, if we ever get the chance to go to Camp Now, we're buying some mm-hmm. shit there because hey, this is our chance to go to the Camp Now. We'll yeah. likely never be back. <laughs> so you know, we're buying our souvenirs. We're getting our shit. So Messi pushes a lot of that. A lot of behind-the-scenes money, a lot of marketing money, a lot of commercial deals are built around, well, you know, we can, you know, if, if we give you 100 million pounds or 100 million euros over the next five years to be such and such a sponsor, well, hell, you know, you can, you know, you can loan us Leo Messi to be in a commercial for us or to endorse this or just all these things. And, I think one big thing is Lionel Messi is so big. Lionel Messi is one of those, he's bigger than Barcelona. I mean, that's, that's, I don't think it's outlandish to say that at all. He's bigger no. than Barcelona. Um, the Barcelona brand will take a hit. The Real Madrid brand took a hit when Ronaldo left. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as big a hit as uh, Barcelona would take when Messi left. Yeah. Um, Man, it would be God. It would be crazy. I mean, if it if it happens, the shock waves are going to be incredible. Because one way or the other, either City's going to have to pay some crazy fee, you would figure, or they're going to get them for free, which is going to be even crazy. 
there, God, there, it's not your typical transfer. There is so much involved here. Absolutely. So and uh, if you, I was going to, this was my other article. I was going to pimp on the athletic. So I'll do this one now too. Um, Adam Crafton and Dermot Corrigan break down exactly what is involved in potentially uh, Lionel Messi transferring from Barcelona to Manchester City and a possible 700 million uh, euro fee that could be paid to Barcelona because of it. Um, they break it down. There's a lot of legal talk in this, but it's broken down very well. So if you want that, again, go to The Athletic. Uh, the, na- the article was, it was actually their lead story one day. Um, how strong is Messi's legal case? Could he be banned or forced to pay 700 million? Uh, it is it is big. Um, I don't particularly agree with everything some of the lawyers say in it, which seems weird to say because huh, I'm not a lawyer. But um, I'll, I'll say some of the imagination that the the lawyers lack, it seems, is, uh, is is on display there, which would be my only critique of the piece. Otherwise, it is absolutely fantastic um, because this is such a complex issue. And we'll look if he does not stay at Barcelona it will be something that has to unspool over a very, very long time. Um, so yeah, that, that is a very, very big story going forward here. And uh, we will see how that plays out in the coming months. Um, or I guess actually coming weeks-ish. Because um, there's not that much time left in the transfer window. Oh, six weeks? If that... I, thought it was, I thought it was early October, actually. Maybe, well, maybe we're just not... at the beginning of September, so I thought it was like mid-October. Maybe like October 12th or something. Mm, maybe you're right. Maybe a little less uh, so yeah, lot lots still to go through there. Um, plenty of more transfers will be coming through, I'm sure, even with the season starting in about a week and a half. Um, but for now, Wes, let's quickly put a bow on the 2019-20 Premier League season and give out some grades. Um, since I'm I'm steering steering us in this direction of the conversation, I'll go ahead and go first and give you just a little time to prep. Um, we'll each do three teams and give them grades. I think there's one team we might overlap on with our grades, but I will I will uh, endeavor to pick two others that we will not. Um, the first one I'm going to do is, um, let me see, I actually don't remember who was going to be my third team. Right, I'm going to do, I'm going to do Sheffield United. Okay. That's my first team. Um, Sheffield United finished ninth place, 54 points. Um, definitely had some ups and downs this season, but um uh, this was a team that came into the league with very, very low expectations. And if I bring back our finishing spots <laughs> uh, that we predicted at the beginning of the season, uh, I had Sheffield United finishing 17th. Wes had Sheffield finishing 20th. Oh, um, damn. Yeah, we were, we were not good. It was, some other places we had good, but this, this was not one of them. Um, yeah, this was rough. So Sheffield came out. They played a very... Um, I, I wouldn't call it super attractive style. They played very defensive, very hard, proper hard, some would say. Um, and they got a lot of big wins out of it. And it was it was really impressive how this team, you know, like it was kind of like what Wolves did last year. But Wolves also bought a lot of people and they were a very exciting team coming up from the championship. And a lot of people, I don't know if they expected them to do as well as they did, but I think people did have pretty good expectations for them. Sheffield came out of nowhere to really blow away people's expectations. Uh, they beat Chelsea 3-0 at home. They beat Tottenham 3-1 at home. Um, I'm trying to... Th- uh, they also beat Chelsea 2-0 in 
in Chelsea. Um, won two one at Leicester and uh, one three. Uh, no, no, it's not this big, but um, yeah, some big results for Sheffield on the season and just very very impressive um, job from them. So I'm gonna give uh, Sheffield an A for their first season. Um, had a chance to actually make it into the European uh, qualification places. Uh, which would have been absolutely amazing for them. And I think that's the only reason I didn't give them the A+, because they they were so high up for so much of the season that it was a little disappointing to see them falter just at the end and not make it into one of those spots. But uh, a great season for them. Hope they can keep it up. And, um, yeah, look forward to seeing what Chris Wilder's team have going forward. A for Sheffield. Um, my second team is going to be Tottenham, because it has to be. Um, and I'm going to give Tottenham a C. And that's that's maybe the... I'll, I'll give them a gentleman C, as it were. Um, this was a season which you can go watch in All, for Noth- All or Nothing, the Amazon documentary. I'm not, because I don't feel like crying any more than I already have this year. Um, they said the season. early ones are amazing, Mourinho. I... <laughs> I think I heard from someone like Poch leaves in like the first half hour and it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and apparently they just like totally like yeah. snow over it. Yeah. It's and, like they, they don't give you like any like reactions. It's like, oh, Ringo's here. Sweet. And that's the end of that chapter. Um, Obviously a very big season for Tottenham. Their first full season in their new stadium coming off a Champions League final against Liverpool. Big things expected from them didn't quite happen, um, even with actually bringing in some signings, which were met with varying levels of success. Uh, Tanke and Dombele never really got going after having that great start in the first match of the season and getting the goal. Um, Didn't seem to really gel once Jose Mourinho came in to replace Maurizio Pochettino. Um, Giovanni Lo Celso, on the other hand, while injured a lot of the season, when he was healthy he and was able to get into a rhythm, you started to see exactly what he could produce, and that did look quite good. So there there was some good stuff to come there from Tottenham. Uh, Harry Kane, by the end of the season, after an actual break, which God knows last time Harry Kane got an actual break, um, and that wasn't in his leg. Um, what a, what <laughs> started to look more like the Harry Kane we'd seen in past years and, and started to really return to form. And that, that bodes well, hopefully for Tottenham going forward, uh, as well as England going into 2021. Um, yeah, I, it, it was a very mixed bag season for Tottenham. I don't remember how many times we used the term false dawn and <laughs> with this team, because every time it looked like. They were starting to peak up and things are starting to look up again under Josie Mourinho. It, they would just spin off a couple of losses in a row or they'd lose to Norwich in the FA Cup and, and things like that. So really for Tottenham, you know, not not making it past the round of 16. They did make it out of their group, which was a, something in the Champions League. Did not make it past the round of 16 against Salzburg, uh, not, uh, not um, Leipzig, excuse me. And uh, and not making it very deep in any of the cup competitions domestically was an issue for them. So I will give them a C solely because they still finished sixth. They did get that Europa League spot and they will have European competition next year. And hopefully there's something to build on. But besides that, a very, a very big step back season for Tottenham. And then finally, my last team 
is going to be Liverpool. Oh. And a few months ago, or some at some point, I said when I, I when I briefly mentioned we would be doing our our Premier League grades, I said there's going to be one team I know that I'm going to give a grade, and it's going to be controversial. And here we are. Oh, this you're is my bastard. I am. I'm already just jumping in on you. This is my grade for Liverpool FC. I'm giving them an A plus. And people are gonna be like, "Wait, what? What's what's so controversial about that? I mean, they they had a great season. They won the Premier League, going away for their their first Premier League trophy. That this is this is gigantic. They 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 had a great season. And I'm gonna say yes, they did. But last year, I gave Manchester City an S grade, which is above an A plus. So that is that is." The potential controversy that I am not giving this Liverpool team an S. And the only reason I'm not doing it is because the only thing they got this year at the end of the day was the Premier League. And it was big. And that is amazing. They were phenomenal in the league. They set records, or at least tied records. Um, They almost set a record for points in a season. I believe they did set a record for biggest uh, gap between first and second. Uh, this was an amazing team. They didn't do super great in the FA Cup, didn't do super great in the League Cup, and to be fair, didn't put a whole lot of effort into it as, you know, at one point they were splitting time between the Club World Cup and the League Cup, so... Granted, in both those competitions, they basically played kids. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then in the Champions League, unfortunately, weren't able to quite replicate the success they had last year uh, going out and also in the round of 16. So the, the, if they had, if they had won like one more trophy, I think if they just won one more trophy or even made the Champions League semifinals, I think I would have given Liverpool an S because this was a fantastic season. But last year with City doing a domestic treble and fending off Liverpool by winning their last 14 matches in a row to win the league by one point, just just puts them a notch above. And so that's why I'm giving Liverpool just, in air quotes, an A+. Mm. This was a fantastic team who had a fantastic season. But you just got to be a little more to get that S. This, was, this will go down as one of the best Premier League seasons of all time, bar none. They were fantastic. They just missed a little bit more to, to jump up to S. But fantastic season. Tongue in cheeks all around for controversial. A plus, A plus, A plus to Liverpool. And now I will turn the floor over to what I'm sure is a a seething, hopping mad West Bradshaw. Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go to war with you right now. Mm. Um, where do I start? Uh, let's start at the. Uh, let's start at the. At the bottom of the table, let's start with Bournemouth. That's a good place. That's not a bad one. Let's start with Bournemouth. Um, I, I want to do different teams than you did. Obviously, obviously I'm going to talk Liverpool. But still. You can, you know, if you want to, you can do three and Liverpool if you want to. Yeah, I will because I have to. I have to just demolish the things you probably said. Sure. <laughs> um, so Bournemouth, I, I've got to get Bournemouth. I've got to give Bournemouth, sorry guys, I've got to give you an F. 
Yeah, that's fair. Um, for a team that had solidified themselves as a as a team that stays in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, really, Bournemouth are down because they've just done shit business over the last few years. Their signings, when, when they have gone out and spent money, it has not worked out for them. Yeah. Um, they, uh, they, they made some really poor ones. Liverpool made some good money on some of their poor signings. <laughs> but overall, just um, just poor team building, I think, mm-hmm. is what really ended up doing in uh, Bournemouth and ended up with them where they are now, which is back in the championship uh, without Eddie Howe. Just, um, and I'm going to tell you, man, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really see Bournemouth as this, oh, we're going down, we're bouncing right back up. Mm-hmm. I don't see that being Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if this is going to be the beginning of a long time without being back in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a good run for the Cherries. We all somewhat fell in love with the Cherries. We did. Um. Yeah, but at the at the end of the day, it was it was too poor a season. They almost saved themselves late. So close. But at the end of the day, it just um, it just wasn't enough. Just wasn't mm-hmm. enough, and uh, they deserve the they deserve the poor grade mm-hmm. uh, that they've been given. Um, next team I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna go to Chelsea. Okay, Chelsea Football Club. Um, mm-hmm. What a year from Chelsea. I mean, we didn't... I don't think we really knew what to expect from Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, coming off last year, that a lot of people thought this was a top-four team. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people thought, well, Tottenham are better. Um, United, possibly better. <clears throat> um, you know, Maybe even Arsenal on their day with their firepower up front. And then Leicester went on their run that they did early in the season. And Chelsea got demolished on the first day of the season. And it was all like, oh, shit, where's this season going to go? But all Chelsea did, they just, they kept hanging around. They kept hanging around. They stayed in that 3-4 position. Well, mostly they stayed in that 4 position a lot of the season. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, with a, a... well, we'll call Frank basically a rookie manager. His second year ever as a manager. Um, mm-hmm. um, no transfer window to go and strengthen. Mm-hmm. Losing your superstar and Hazard. Uh, being stuck with Keppa. Yeah. <laughs> Just in general, having Keppa. Um, yeah. uh, I think at the end of the day, I think Frank did a really good job with Chelsea. Um, and I give Chelsea an A minus on the season. I don't think you, I don't think you really could have asked for more from Chelsea at the end of the day. The only reason they go A minus instead of an A was just some of the inconsistency. Mm-hmm. Which once again could be expected, but <clears throat> Chelsea's inconsistency could look really bad. <laughs> That's the thing, you know, Chelsea could look really freaking bad when they look bad. 
Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll do that with Chelsea. Um, do you have something to add on Chelsea? Oh, uh, no. No, I didn't. I'm good. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, uh, you know, Chelsea's one. I'm, I'm looking for um, I'm looking for some improvement in them coming up this year. Obviously, they have, we talked about earlier, they've hit the market. Um, they, have, they have definitely hit the market. They're working that well. So, um, we'll, we'll see. But <clears throat> we'll see what Chelsea do. But A-minus for Chelsea. Um. Yeah, I'm working top. Of, I'm working bottom and top of the table. Manchester City. Eighty-one points. Uh, the League Cup. Um, losing the FA Cup final. No. Yeah. No. Did they lose the final or semi-final? Yeah, final. Final. Oh, okay. I suddenly couldn't remember if they beat United or City in the final, but it was it was City. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> another European flame out for Pep's bunch. Yeah. They finish in second. They finish comfortably in second place. Mm-hmm. But your S from last season. Um. I think it turns into a C plus. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to really argue with that. Yeah. Um, it was such an uneven season from City. They would score, then they wouldn't score. Defensively, there were holes all over the place. Um, they just, they were not what that team was built. And yes, the early loss of, <clears throat> the loss of Laporte mm-hmm. really did put a hurt on in the back. But you're Manchester City. You spent untold millions on freaking fullbacks, but you can't go and get another, um, <laughs> you can't go and get a, uh, another center back somewhere. It would have been helpful. Yeah, I just I think once again they were they were built somewhat poorly, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think it really came back to bite them at the end. Just that lack of depth uh, at the back. That's that's obviously mm-hmm. what really killed them. Um, so I, I give them a C plus. Mm-hmm. I give them a C plus. I think the thing to me that's gonna be bonkers about looking at this city team. Like, it, like it, if you look at this table like six years from now, uh-huh. and you just look and you see that Liverpool finishes 18 points ahead of them, but City only gave up two more goals than Liverpool and scored 17 more. Oh yeah. Like I, it, it's uh-huh. it's one of those things that's it's so hard if you do, if you didn't watch it like uh-huh. on a week to week basis, you're gonna look at this and go like, what the hell happened? And it was just it, they they lost a lot of games big, and the rest they just kind of blew people out of the water. But they right. just lost so many games that previous city iterations probably wouldn't have lost because they'd have been more solid in the back. And coupled that with not winning basically anything this year outside of the league cup, I mean that's 
that's really poor season for a city, I think. So I I completely agree with you for the for the grade you give them. Oh, return on investment, especially. Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and that yes, I know we're just grading Premier League here, but that European flame out again mm-hmm. to subpar competition. I mean that that's a that's a cloud that hangs over this team. Whatever they Absolutely. want to say. Uh, oh, I was not brought here to win just the Champions League. Shut up! Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are. You were yes, brought here to win everything. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And uh, yeah, yeah, he was brought mm-hmm. here to win everything, and that's the one that they mm-hmm. really want, and he hasn't mm-hmm. been able to bring it up. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, C plus for uh, City, and um, yeah, it does look like they're going to address that center back problem. Mm-hmm. Um, they've already brought in a little more depth um, <clears throat> with uh, with Ake, and if they go and get Koulibaly, that's going to solidify them in the back. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. And of course, if they get that uh, that messy guy, he might be pretty good for them. Yeah. yeah. Um, now to <laughs> to just take back the horrible, disparaging remarks you said about my team. Eight was awful, awful. I'm just, I'm shocked. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't have much really to <laughs> go against that. Um, <clears throat> your, I think the one thing when you look back at this Liverpool team, mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day. I think the biggest question will always be what would have happened if the season hadn't been stopped when it was. That's fair. Um, if it hadn't been stopped where it was, um, <clears throat> especially after the way Europe ended, mm-hmm. Um, and the way we were playing at the moment. At the moment when everything stopped, Liverpool were probably playing their worst football of the year. Mm-hmm. But you had to feel good that that team could turn things around when they when when it was time. And now being out of Europe, I think yeah. I feel there could have been a complete refocus on the league, mm-hmm. and Liverpool could have gone on and had a good chance to smash some of those records that they had been on pace. Smash. I would agree uh, with that. And I uh, just, I think at the end of the day, it, it as great a season as it was, it's always going to be a little bit of a what if. Mm-hmm. A little bit of what if um, Corona hadn't, yeah. you know, what if Corona hadn't shot at the hell? <laughs> shot mm-hmm. the hell. We, we, we picked up 99 points, and I'm talking about getting shot in the hell. <laughs> Basically tied with the second best total in Premier League history, the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest winning margin in Premier League history. I mean, it was it was an incredible year. Uh, emotionally, it was an incredible year. Um, I, I absolutely just despise the fact that we weren't able to lift the trophy in front of the crowd at Anfield. Uh, I feel I really feel that's something that was kind of taken from us. 
And not that the premier, not that anyone did anything wrong in that sense. Don't get me wrong there, but just emotionally for a fan base that had waited so long and had put so much into it, and you knew how much it was going to mean to them, it just really sucks that you weren't able to get that moment. Um. So. That, that's just kind of my feelings on it at the end of the day. Um, I mean, A plus, you know, I got to be like the teacher from a Christmas story. A plus, 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 <laughs> plus, plus, plus. It was an incredible year. Um, <clears throat> I, I, if Allison doesn't get hurt, there's a damn good chance we win the double. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, we had, even with Adrian, we had, I mean, we had. Uh, Atletico beaten until Adrian just completely shits his pants and gives that pass to Jal Felix and then he gives it up for the goal and everything just fell apart. That doesn't happen with Allison. So I think with a healthy Allison Becker, obviously you can't say we would have won Europe, but I think we would have still been there after Atletico and you put us in a final eight with everybody. Yeah, I wouldn't be picking against us. Real quick, because it, it has now been I have I've somehow already erased this Champions League from my brain. I want to pull up real quick just now because now that you're mentioning, I want to see what their what the bracket would have looked like if Liverpool had advanced instead of uh instead of Atletico. So it would have been um where's the bracket? Okay. So it would have been they would have played Leipzig. In the second round. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, granted, Leipzig did beat Atletico. I think in a one-off, uh, Liverpool probably wins that match. I think it's actually pretty close. But I think Liverpool wins. And then they play PSG. Well, well, oh. Two, I think, I think with us, we kind of keep everything close this year. <laughs> yeah, true. But at the end, I, I don't think Leipzig would have found any way to score on us. Mm-hmm. And, then, yeah. and then it could... I'm sorry. And then it comes down to two particular, potentially amazing matches, one against PSG and then one against Bayern. And um, I tell you what, if uh, you know, I know, th- I know the season's getting started. If uh, y- y'all aren't doing anything, Bayern's not doing anything this weekend. Maybe, maybe, maybe y'all should get together and just, just play a match. If it weren't for those damn uh, international matches this weekend. Uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, it's like, oh, shit, that's right. Um, Yeah, I I really, I'm of the opinion that uh, Bayern Liverpool would have been an absolute barn burner. (laughs) Because I I feel when they're up to strength, those are the two best teams in Europe this year. And honestly, I mean, PSG Liverpool also could have been very good because I think... I think while Liverpool as a team is stronger, uh-huh. I mean, the, the amount of talent on the field that PSG can have on at one time is oh, just yeah. staggering. So I, I think I think seeing those two teams, and I mean, we, we did see that a little bit against Bayern PSG, but I think it would have been even more of a, of a dichotomy of, of 11 guys playing as one versus 11 insanely talented players. Uh, could have and been PSG versus on top of it, just the whole Klopp factor. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <clears throat> Klopp against Bayern, <laughs> Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Klopp against Tuchel for PSG. Yeah. You know, of mm-hmm. course, Tuchel's kind of like Klopp's 
um, kind of like Klopp's protege in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> or, well, Tuchel took a very similar path to Klopp. That was it. He took over at Mainz after Klopp left. I mean, he took over at Dortmund after Klopp left. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that, that would have definitely been connected there. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it would have been sick. But, you know, you'll say we, we weren't good enough over those two legs. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, I say with Allison, I think we would have been, but we didn't have Allison. Mm-hmm. And nobody forced, you know, think, nobody forced Adrian to fuck that pass off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, end of the day, we weren't good enough, but I really think Byron Liverpool in a final would have been, mm-hmm. whew, could have been really, really good. Um, we'll wrap up our Premier League grades, but just in, in 10 seconds, and I do want you to give me at least a semi-serious answer, um, just because neither of us touched on them. What grade would you give Manchester United? <clears throat> I'd give Manchester... <laughs> I'll give you my semi-serious answer in just a second. Um, before Bruno Fernandes, uh, Manchester United got a C-. minus. After Bruno Fernandez, of course, they're the greatest team that's ever walked the face of the earth, according to ESPN. That's all you have to ask. Of course. Uh, overall, I would uh, – the way their season ended, I think I'd have to push United up somewhere around a B plus. Okay. Um, just because I think they got themselves into a hole that they shouldn't have. <laughs> but, damn, they got hot late. Yeah. And they pulled themselves out of it and, and fought their way into the Champions League. And you can't ask for more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, they, they did their job. They, they got into the Champions League. Um, and, yeah, I, I'll, give them, I'll give them a B plus uh, with room to be better. Mm-hmm. I just okay. have I just United are kind of on this point where things could still go either way for them. Mm-hmm. I just I don't I don't trust United. I don't trust them. I I don't completely trust Solshar completely. Like I know I know he's been doing pretty well, but I just don't know that he's he's the guy that can actually lead them to like competing for the title. I just I don't I don't know. I agree with that. I don't know. I don't know. I agree. With that. I, and we've seen. Well, here's the thing: we've seen under United, under Solskjaer, United can get hot. They can go yeah. on hot streaks. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just don't think Ollie's the guy who is going to do it over a 38 match season. Mm-hmm. They can get hot though. Mm-hmm. I mean, we—that's as obvious as anything. They can, they can get on hot streaks. Um, it'll be something to see going into this year. Uh, with the addition of Vanderbeek, um, mm-hmm. if they do get Jaden Sancho, uh, that young core is a year older. That's a plus. I mean, that's a plus. Um, doesn't look like they're going to make any sort of move on De Gea. Mm-hmm. You know, De Gea's, De Gea's kind of been a uh, he's kind of been a black mark recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, De is not a guy who's winning you points anymore, it seems like. Mm-hmm. So, 
We'll see with that. Uh, they, they still need to get better at the back. I think they need to give Phil Jones a lifetime contract. Play Phil Jones more, damn it. What's wrong with you? Uh, uh, that's how you win the league. Yeah. Let's see if they go for up a commit. Up a McKay. Yes, him. Damn it. Mm-hmm. I, I could say his name earlier. I can't say anymore. The guy from Leipzig who's really yes, good. That, that guy. Who apparently um, is, on, uh, is on everybody's radar now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, United, uh, you got to give them a pa- definitely a passing grade just because they did get themselves in the Champions League this year. Absolutely, I, w- I would agree with that. Um, all right, so we'll we'll turn our attention now to pimping the Athletic. I've already pimped my two articles. I'll just say them again. One, Adam Kraft and Dermot Corrigan uh, talking about Leo Messi's case uh, that could prevent him from transferring to Manchester City or elsewhere. And then uh, Nick Miller writing, should we count the Community Shield as a trophy? Which is just a more rhetorical question that's used to talk about the different levels of importance people place on the Community Shield. There's some good quotes from different coaches that they interviewed on it. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a really good article on that and uh, and is uh, is pretty good. So, Wes, I will now turn over to you that I've done my two articles. Uh, what, what you got that you want to pimp this week from The Athletic? Um. <clears throat> so college football looks like we're going to have it. Some place, sort of. yeah. Well, let's put it this way. The college football, I want to see it looks like we're gonna have it. <laughs> I'm fine with what's going on. Not having to watch Ohio State? Sweet Johnny. Um, uh, just, uh, I mean, I just, I can't get over enough how good the college football writing is on the athletic. Um mm-hmm. The the weekly recruiting mailbag is an absolute favorite of mine. I think they do just such a fantastic job on that. that uh, you absolutely can't beat it. Um, <clears throat> Seth Emerson with his Georgia coverage is really good. Um, oh, Lord knows. I've, I've just completely lost my guy who does all my Miami coverage, um, which I'll give you. Uh, Manny Navarro. Just does an incredible job with his Miami cover. Uh, so Wes's internet just went down. That's that's why his cut off. Um, so we will try to get him back up here. Um, but I will just keep going in the very meantime. Um, I'll go ahead and do my watch for. Um, what am I going to do for my watch for? That is a great question. Oh, you know what? I want to I want to save my watch for though because. Because this is relevant to Wes. So, you know, if this was something like, if it was like an anime, I would just do it right now. But uh, it's not. It's not an anime. Uh, it's something Wes and I both like. So I want to wait for him to to hop back on here. So as soon as Wes is able to hop back on, uh, we will start it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, now that Wes is back, uh, we will continue on. Um, as always, go check out The Athletic. It's fantastic. Um, Wes, let's hit the watch for uh, what you're watching in the week that was or the week that will be. Uh, 
can't say, you know, I never watched Seinfeld like in a row or anything. You know, Seinfeld's on syndication so much, you can, you can always just find an episode, and it's not like, you know, it's not like Seinfeld was ever sequential where you had to watch this to understand what's going on in the next. So you just watch a Seinfeld of hell. So I've been doing uh, quite a bit of that recently, and I was quite enjoying myself. The first season was very different, <laughs> really, from uh, what it what it became. And I'm getting into the middle of the second season that is really starting to get kind of into some of the, you know, where where those characters really open up for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I was totally, I was totally like that. Definitely go watch Seinfeld. It's like it's absolutely one of the funniest damn shows of all time. So right up there with our communities and our parching red. Mm-hmm. Um, well, speaking of shows that make us laugh, I finally got around this past weekend to finishing up season 10 of Archer. Oh, that's, uh, I, I still had to like watch like the last five episodes, I think either five or six episodes. Um, that show, that show ends, and um, I I don't know how to feel about the ending. <laughs> yeah, I just the the reaction from Mallory was just very very weird, very weird. So I'm excited. I I'm glad they committed to the actual three year bit. That was that was pretty good. Uh, I did appreciate that. Spoil. Oh, by the way, spoilers for season ten of Archer. By the way, um, but uh, yeah, him waking up uh, from his coma after after three years is it was it was a good. I like I like how the the ending because and it's funny because like I actually got invested. I think it's the next last episode where they find the the the, the metal box that they can't figure out what the hell it was. I like got really invested that I was like. Ooh, I wonder what this is gonna be. This seems really interesting. And then, like halfway through the episode, just it's gone. I'm like, oh, well, okay. But they, but it went somewhere different, and it went somewhere even better because it went for our Archer going crazy, which is always fun. So, yeah. And then, and then Barry coming back, of course, or Barry six. Um, always a treat when Barry's around. So, so yeah, I'm excited. I don't know how, I don't know what to make of Archer coming up here in, in season 11. I think it's only in a couple weeks too. Um, yeah, it's like um, two weeks ahead. So yeah, that's, that's going to be, yes, yeah, September 17th for exactly two weeks. So we'll, that'll be, that'll be interesting to see. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes from here. Uh, and be back. It'll be good. I will say I will enjoy, having Archer back in a more quote-unquote normal setting. Um, I like the diversions, but I'm, I'm, I was kind of ready to be back in, in the, the actual timeline and not the, uh, the dreamscape. So this, this was, this is good. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see where they go from here. And it's true. That is very true. Um, so yeah, great stuff there. Um, but that'll that'll bring us towards the end of today's podcast. Uh, as always, podcast presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. 
You can find them on the social media as well as us. Wes, uh, you on Twitter are? Uh, I am at Edward Green, and as a collective, we are the at AFA pod. Um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you can find us via our parent show, The All New Sports Show, and you can email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Uh, finally, thanks to our podcast providers, including Podbean.com, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio app, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and now Spotify as well. And maybe one day we'll be on Amazon. <laughs> Spotify. Um, so yeah, big big ups to them. Um, so very exciting for that. Um, I, uh, I I almost don't want to do this because I I feel like I know where we have to go with this now, but. As as we close out the podcast, I have to ask Wes: Is there anything else you want to talk about? Just like I was going with this. <laughs> uh, just you know, I always love to keep you guys up on my uh, my favorite special player. Uh, he has a new address. That is true. Uh, Brian Gillen uh, traded to the uh, Cincinnati Reds. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I have a new, uh, I have a new second favorite team in baseball now. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, they're in the state of Ohio. <laughs> what can you do? This, this. Yeah. But yeah, so definitely check out Brian's playing for the Reds. Um, as I, I was, I don't know how much of my athletic history you heard before my internet, but uh. Um, college football is it's coming. Mm-hmm. This is supposed to be like week one slash week zero. Yeah. Um, none of the they're playing this week. They've played nine games. None of the power five teams are playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are supposed to play some football, and then the I think there some power five teams are trying to keep playing the next week. It's it's an as we all know, it's an extremely fluid situation. Very. So we'll see, but I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. So I need I need some college football. <laughs> um, the NBA keep forgetting they're actually still playing. They can't figure out what they're doing. Um, I just need my college football. Let's go in. Um, I, I'm actually kind of surprised. I thought I I was very confident you were going to bring up uh, Brian Goodwin. I thought there was something else you're going to bring it up, and I thought I thought you were going to swerve there again when you talked about pimping the athletics some more. Um, I will I will pimp the athletic with w- one more article. Um, and I'm actually trying to stay stay pretty good here. Um. Uh, the article is entitled How Chadwick Boseman Went from Baseball Novice to Channeling Jackie Robinson. Um, as some of you, many of you may know, uh, Chadwick Boseman, who played uh, King, Ch- King T'Challa, the Black Panther, in the Marvel movies, as well as Jackie Robinson in the biopic. He also played uh, James Brown and Thurgood Marshall in movies. Um, passed away this past weekend at the age of 43 after a four-year bout with colon cancer that basically most everybody in the public had no idea he was going through until it actually took his life. Um, I, Wes texted me, it was Friday night. I was, I was streaming. Um, 
and uh and I got the text and I I shattered inside. I kept it up outside, but in, inside I just broke apart and I it's it, it felt so bad to see such a a young promising town. I mean, yes, he was 43, but that is still pretty young. And yeah so and and such a what seemed like such a charismatic person somebody and and we're seeing it now but it, it appeared that way at the time someone that genuinely everybody seemed to just adore um guy it i i said it on my stream when i saw your text and i'll say it again 2020 just needs to fucking end because I am so sick of this shit that keeps happening. Um, if it's not one thing, it's another. And I I am devastated that we have lost a great actor and a great person. Um, and it feels especially relevant, especially because Wes and I like to talk about the Marvel movies on this podcast. And and I know we both loved Black Panther. And, and I think you may have even tweeted about it about the the scene of him coming through the portal in Endgame. Oh, it's he was he was going to be the next like big thing in Marvel. He was going to lead the next phase, I think. And to not and to not have that obviously that's that's aside from everything of just a, a great person dying. But just to know that that that's been taken away from us it, it sucks. It fucking sucks. So um, I thought maybe you'd mention that, that, but yeah. And that was just what I was, I was just, I was out, I was out on a little break and I was thinking about him. And that's the scene that just immediately comes to my mind is, um, and you know, I told you, Jesus, God, I've watched that scene thousand times it's insane. I still cheer up when it's just mm-hmm. And just because I hit like so I know what's about to happen. But it's like just in the wake of his death, I mean that's just that's this perfect scene where you know he's the one who walks out of the portal and that like that's when you as the audience it's like you know oh yeah it's on. Yeah. You know, and, and this is this is the guy, you know, because you see Black Panther walk out. And um just you know, when when you think about it now, you know, he's he's backlit by the, the greatness of the portal and it's just like, you know, there was there was the king, there's the man. And now, you know, he's he's just suddenly he's gone. It's absolute insanity that that man is gone. And and it's it's crazy to think that he, I, all these movies, and he films, you know, he films Black Panther, Civil War, um, and then the two-parter finale for Avengers, all with this going on. Like, that's, yeah. that's insane. I haven't brought it up because I don't want to, like, I don't want to feel like too soon or like we're trying to cheapen that you know he lost his life but you know i mean where where does marvel go next oh yeah that's i mean i i don't think it's wrong to think after you've processed it for a little bit you know that that's a great question i mean because if you say you know black Panther, that character it seemed like it was going to be 
one of, if not like the centerpiece of the next phase. You know, Black Panther 2 was, I mean, John, I think everybody only had Black Panther 2 like circled on their calendar. <laughs> and now, what do you do? I mean, do you, do you replace with a new Black Panther? Do you write into a story somewhere like the channel's no longer there? Or do you? You know, kind of like we do with Rhodey, <laughs> do you have a, I don't see how you can just replace them with a completely different one. Keep the character. Right. But at the same time, I mean, that's how, you know, the entire, oh, yeah, no, I never read Black Panther. There were actually multiple Black Panthers. I think so. I mean, the Black Panther wasn't just T'Challa. I mean, there were other ones. Yeah, and his dad, they they do mention like his dad in the movies. It was a Black Panther. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Hold on. Sure. I uh, I'll, I'll just take this. I I wonder if um. I wonder if they could do something where, and I this might be a little controversial, but maybe where someone like Suri takes up like that's that there's something happens to him and he does end up actually, you know, as as maybe gauche as it sounds right now, he passes away in the Marvel universe, and 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 Suri takes up the the mantle of Black Panther from there because she seemed to be. Like, well liked as well, very well liked in the movies. So that could be a a way they go to keep Black Panther going, and it's just now under a different person or or his female bodyguard who is played by Lupita Nyong'o, whose name in the movie I can't remember. Um, one of those two could be it. Um, I don't know how these you want to do like an heir to him, like a like you know. Maybe you skip ahead a few years and they had a kid. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. But I just, I can't, I can't see Marvel dropping this because, I mean, now here's the thing, too. Whatever happens, I mean, that, that's suddenly becoming maybe the most anticipated Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because now it's like, well, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't just, well, we're not even my favorite anymore. Yeah. I think they've got to do something. I mean, if we ever... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an absolute... It's a devastating... It's a devastating blow. You know, it's, you know... I mean, what was it? Uh, 2018 was the year everybody did. Mm. But now this one, I mean, it's just... You just want to talk about... You know, um... Two people that have been really compared with this are Chalo Bozeman and Tucker Black, because apparently they can go on this one. Like that other relationship, you know, because, I mean, good job, man. Once, you know, put on the two part paper, then everybody will go on one. Oh, yeah. Those are all trying to find. It's awesome. And, you know, to lose. He's looking at, you know, so many deaths in it, I understand that. But you know, some of just two, like, shocking deaths that have happened now in the same year. I mean, are two guys considered to be, like, in their absolute shock? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was Cody. I mean, Cody was 
Hopefully, we we can just get through 2020 and and move on to something better. Maybe 2021 will be better. It's still four months away. Somebody keep Sebastian Stan in like bubble wrap, please. So, um, with that, we will. We will conclude. <laughs> we will conclude this edition. Oh no, he's cool. He's he's cool. Um, yeah. um with that, we will we will bid you adieu from this edition of the A Foreign Fair podcast from a Colin Crime West Bradshaw. I'm Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining this week. And as always, stay safe. Wash your hands, and in a week and a half, you'll have football to enjoy again. Oh, less than 14 sleeps, weeks, and the football leg will be back. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really weird. It's it's a very unpleasant feeling in a lot of a lot of my head. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.